Open it up to John chapter 10. Our worship team is awesome. They are just awesome. John chapter 10. I believe that even next year, our worship team is going to be writing some songs next year. And so I believe that the songs that we sing, how, how many love the songs that we sing? Aren't they great? I love these songs. They're just uh, great, great songs, and they're taken right from the scriptures. I believe that every song that we sing should be uh, from the scriptures. Um, and uh, when we sing these songs, I, I don't know about you, but even when I'm driving, I start singing some of the songs. My mind, people start looking at me like, that guy is weird. And I'm looking at them like, you're singing weird songs, not me. You know, I, I, I sing great songs. I sing powerful songs. And plus, when I'm by myself, I sound better than Usher or Luther Vandross. I'm, I'm awesome. Mariah can't carry a note to me. Amen. I'm awesome when I sing. So, but I want to challenge you for those of you that uh, you love the songs. Get on the, uh, you know, on the iTunes or, or whatever it might be. Go to the, uh, the bookstore there on the, on the Internet and say, I want to get these songs, these different ones that they have, uh, you know, Marvin Sapp or Israel, Fred Hammond, these different ones. Uh, Hillsong. Hillsong has a lot of songs. So for those of you that are, uh, you want to kind of catch up a little bit, man, I like these songs. Just go to hillsong.com, get all their music. they got great, great stuff uh, that is available. And then, of course, the number one selling album, um, uh, this year is Israel Jesus at the center of it all. Uh, you can get that one. It's, it's some great, great music uh, that you can have that will help your life to get a better life. John chapter 10, verse 10. I want to read the second part of that. It says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Turn to your neighbor, tell them abundant life. Come on, turn to the person behind you, tell them abundant life. Some of the translations say, and have it to the full. Another translation, they will have everything they need, or I like this one. Another translation says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. How many know that he satisfies? Come on, how many know that he satisfies? Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. How many know that he satisfies? Give somebody a high five before you are seated and tell them abundant living. And then you may be seated. Title of my message here this morning Next Level Living in 2013. Next Level Living. I believe that many of us here this morning, we're going to go to the next level in 2013. Can I hear an amen? Okay, th this is a message here where I'm going to need some feedback here. And I'm going to need some talk back. I know that when you were in school, the teacher told you to be quiet. and Don't say nothing. And if you say something, you go to the principal's office. But here this morning, I want you to say something. Tell your neighbor, say something. 
Some of you know what I'm talking about when you, you say that, you know, because when you were in the streets, right, you saw somebody, say something. Say, just say something. I, d- I dare you. I just, oh, I dare you. I got these dogs. I don't know their names. Once I let them go, I can't call them back. I dare you. Well, it's the same way here this morning. You got to say something. So here this morning, when I say amen, I want you to say, there we go. Say something. Let the redeemed of the Lord say something. That's the the ghetto version. Here this morning, I want to talk to you about living at the next level. But I want to come at you with a little kind of a different perspective when it comes to next level living. See, many Christians believe that just by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you are assured your stance into heaven. I have Christ. I'm going to heaven. I don't need to live the life. I have Christ. See, just by receiving Christ as your Savior, I want you to know something. It doesn't get you that mansion in the sky just by receiving Christ as your Savior. You need to live the life that Christ is giving you. See, just by accepting him, many, pe- many Christians believe it gets me a crown of jewels that seems unimaginable. It allows me to get into the greatest top secret compound of all time, heaven. See, many believe that as long as I hold on to Jesus but don't do anything with him, I'm saved from annihilation or even from hell. I won't get anything bad to happen to me because I have the risen king. I have the creator of the heavens and the earth. The baby who was born of a virgin who became the king of kings. That's all I need. I'm safe from bad because he is good. See, a lot of people believe that all I have to do is just hold on to this and I will be okay. Listen, I want you to know something. At the beginning of that verse, right before I said, he came to give you life and life abundantly, the Bible says right there, and you can read it in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, you have the abundant life, but be careful because the enemy wants to take that abundant life from you. You can't just hold on to it, but you got to do something with it. Tell your neighbor, do something. See, now right now we are in a football season. Can I hear an amen? And so right now, can I get a football? Who has a football? Somebody has a football. Give me that football. Go ahead. Give it to me right here. Okay, great. Here we go. This is the football, right? This is a perfect analogy that I was thinking as I was going over and studying this because a lot of people believe, okay, I've got Christ. That's, I'm good. Yay. See, now. For those of us that you, you study the scriptures, we understand that, okay, God has given us, and for those of us that do the will of Christ, the Bible says that we will have eternal life for those that do the will of Christ. In other words, with what he's given you, you got to do something with it. Are you following me? In other words, you can't just hold on to it and keep it and expect, okay, I'm, great. I'm going to heaven. No, my friend, you got to do something. Tell your neighbor, do something. See, now, I've got Christ. It's good. It's great. It's awesome. But the purpose is I need to get from here to there. Just like any football player, you got this football. You can't just hold on to it and say, okay, uh, the quarterback gave me the ball. No, what happens is the moment you get the ball, what happens? Everybody's going after you. They want to get what you've got. Matter of fact, not only that, they want to stop you from getting to where you want to go. They want to stop your life. 
See, that's what happens. Okay, yes, I've got Christ, but yes, you've also got people who want to come and steal, kill, and destroy. So my job, okay, I've got this thing, but also I've got, let me get a few guys from the home. Come on. Come on, a couple guys. Just stand on up right now. Come on. Give me two more guys. Come on, two more guys, two more guys, two more guys. Okay. You guys, all right, there you go. You guys, stand right there on the line. Make it, make it look like you guys are aligned. Stand this way, stand this way, stand this way. Okay, stand right there. There you go. Face me, face me. Come right here. Okay, great. All right, they're, they're right there, right there. Don't they look good right there? Don't they look good? They look awesome right there. Now, I have been given this. This is mine. This is a great life. I have an awesome life. Now, what I want to do, you, you ain't getting this right now. This is mine right now. I ain't passing nothing. This is mine. Now, I, what I'm supposed to do is I need to get over there, but the Bible says that the thief comes to steal. Come, their purpose is to stop me from getting over there. That's their purpose. They need to stop me from having an abundant life. See, Christ has given it to you, but there are people in your way that want to stop you from getting to where you want to go. Somebody say, I'm going there. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to get there. Now, these guys want to stop me. Man, you guys, are, you guys look scary right now. Now, even though the touchdown is on the other side, I'm on this side right now. Now, I've got it. Now, I can hold on to it. But if I stay right here and I just hold on to it, guess what? They're probably going to come after me. They're going to tackle me. They're going to strip the ball. They're going to say, you ain't having this. I'm going to get it back from you. Now, if I just stand here. Now, don't do that. Okay, just... Just an analogy, all right. But more than likely, if I just stand here, see, and that's what happens with a lot of Christians. They come, they come to church, and they go, look, I'm a good, I'm a good person now. I, I dress better. I kind of, I don't talk as bad, but I'm okay now. I have a, a, a somewhat of a good life. I'm, I'm okay. But the problem is, the moment you think that you're just okay, boom, here comes a thief to steal, kill, and destroy. See, you've got to do something with it. Tell your neighbor, do something. Thank you, guys. Go ahead and be seated right there. See, you've got to do that. You can't just hold on to it and think that everything is okay. No, my friend, you've got to do something. Move with it. Faith without works is it's dead. It does nothing. It doesn't move. It doesn't go anywhere. This year in 2013, tell your neighbor, I'm moving. See, this life abundantly that he's speaking of is the same life that he shares in John chapter 5, verse 24. In other words, that we move from death to life. We go from death, eternal death, to eternal life. See, death is the country where every Christless soul lives. See, when you and I accept him, we move out of the hellish state of death. No more eternal death estates. In other words, we're not living there no longer. We're not in the death estate, but we are now in the living estate. Can I hear an amen? See, that's the life. See, many people, a lot of times, they figure, well, if I just move from here to there, my life will change. If I just move from this city to the next, my life will change. No, my friend, it's not about moving the city. It's about moving from death to life. Do something with what you've got. Tell your neighbor, do something. Come on, tell your other neighbor, do something. 
See, when you understand the plan that God has for you, and you understand that when you're holding on to this life, and he wants to give you abundant life, then my friend, when you, when you get this prosperous plan, everything becomes joyful. Like, wow, I, man, I like doing this now. I like, have you ever seen a, a, a football player, or more preferably a, a running back who holds the ball, and he likes hitting people? You ever seen those guys? I don't know, you know, a lot of men who you probably, when you watch football, there's certain guys on a football field, they don't want to get hit. Like, don't touch me. Don't, and it's kind of ironic because they're on a football field with a full contact sport. Someone's going to touch you. But there, there are guys on the football field, they're like, they, they call them floppers. Like, don't, don't touch me. And even when they do get touched, they're holding the ball. Somebody just barely touches them. Oh! But then there are guys on the field when they're holding it, they're like, I dare you to come get me. I dare you. See, because the plan that my coach gave me is I'm going from here to there. And I don't care if you're in my way because I'm going to run you over. I am going to score a touchdown. Are you catching me here this morning? 2013, I am going to have a great year. I don't care if you're in my way. I'm getting from here and I'm going to there. I'm moving from death and I'm going to life. I am going to have that life and life abundantly. I'm going to get there. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to get there. See, it's time to change residency. Can I hear an amen? But the only way it's going to happen is if you and I, we got to move. We got to do something. We can't just think about it, but we got to be about it. Can I hear an amen? There's a story, one of my favorite stories about two construction workers. They had taken a lunch break and they had opened up their lunch boxes. One of them looked inside of his box and said to the other one, he said, not baloney again. I can't believe it. I hate baloney. This is the third time this week I've had baloney, and I can't stand baloney. The other one looked at him and said, well, why don't you just ask your wife to make you something different? He looked at the man and said, I don't have a wife. I made these myself. See, the thing about it a lot of times is that a lot of the baloney within our lives, we put it there ourselves. We made it there. But a lot of times, man, I need a change. We'll stop making baloney. You're just going to have to stop it. Tell your neighbor, stop it. There's going to have to be a change. You're going to have to break out of the routine. See, some of you this year in 2013, you're going to have to break the routine. Can I hear an amen? I know you've been used to, well, this is how we've always done it. This is how I've always done it. So we're going to have to take those strongholds and we're going to have to bring them down and put them under submission unto Christ. Can I hear an amen? See, those strongholds are those patterns of, well, I'm used to doing it like that. I'm just comfortable like that. I, I'm okay like that. See, as long as nobody comes in my comfort zone, I, I won't get ruffled. I won't get, uh, get scared. But, man, if too many, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. See, some of you here this year, you're going to have to start preaching the gospel. See, some of you, you've been coming and you've been hearing the gospel. Okay, some of you are going to catch this in just a little bit. See, some of you, you come to church and you hear the gospel, and that's good. I'm glad that you're a hearer of the gospel. But some of you this year, you're going to have to start preaching the gospel. You're going to have to start sharing the gospel. In other words, I know you're there on your computer and you're like, man, I, I could tell she needs help, man. Somebody should help her. You're the one. 
you're the one. You heard about your coworker going through it because maybe somebody in their family passed away. Guess what? Go up to them and say, hey, can I pray for you? I can't do that. There's no prayer allowed in, in, at the job. Wherever you're at, there's always prayer allowed. There's always prayer allowed. That's my philosophy. Wherever I'm at, prayer's allowed. I don't care. Don't tell. For those of you that were here the other day, you understand what I, I shared about and I talked about it when I took my son to school. And I seen the principal talking to all the kids. And when he was all done, he was talking to all the uh, first graders and up, all of them in the auditorium. And I was listening to him. And I could tell he was sharing the emergency procedures. And then I got a chance to meet him in the hallway. And I said, hey, I want to introduce myself. And I introduced myself. And, and I told him, hey, if ever you guys need prayer, I want to pray for you. And he goes, what? I go, yeah, I'm a minister. I, I want to pray for you guys. And he goes, man, you don't know how bad I wanted to tell these students to send a prayer to the, the Connecticut students. But I couldn't. And I said, look, I, I know you don't want to offend people, but call on me. I'll offend as many people as I want. I'll pray for people. I don't care. So you call me. I gave him my card. So you call me. I'll offend people for prayer. I don't care. Prayer. Breakthrough. I don't, 2013, I'm not going to be the same man that I was in 2012. I'm going to break the routine. Tell your neighbor, break the routine. There's a change that is coming. Can I hear an amen? Now change. What is change? Change is something that presses us out of our comfort zone. It is destiny filtered, heart grown. And faith built. See, change, my friend, it's inevitable. It's not a respecter of persons. Change is for the better or even for the worse, depending upon where you view it. Change is uncomfortable. For changing from one state to the next upsets our control over our outcomes. Some of you here this year, God needs to be in control. Can I hear an amen? Change has a ripping effect on those who will not let go. Change is needed when all the props and the practices of the past no longer work. Change is not comforted by the statement, just hang in there. But with the statement, you can make it. See, we do not grow in retreat, but through endurance. Change isn't fixed by crying, worrying, or mental treadmilling. Change is won by the victors and not the victims. And this, my friend, that choice is ours. See, it's strange that many times while praying, we always ask for a change of circumstance, but we seldom ask for a change in character. We always ask for a change in the outside, but never for a change on the inside. My friend, if you want to change your circumstance, then ask God to change your character. I like what Irene Peters said. She said, just because everything is different doesn't mean anything has changed. A lot of people like to change the the, uh, the, the, maybe the, the atmosphere or change their environment. I'm going to move over here. I'm going to do over this. Listen, my friend, you can change the lifestyle, but doesn't mean that you're changing your life. It's internal. It's inside. This is what needs to change, what's on the inside. And I believe that 2013 or 2012, God has been changing many things on the inside of our lives. Can I hear an amen? And now it's time for us to go into that next level in 2013. There's a story of a man, he was at the end of a pier, he was standing there and he was met by another man with a briefcase. Inside the briefcase was the key to this man's new life. He was told that inside this briefcase was over a million dollars. All he had to do was pick it up and take it off of the pier. 
much to his surprise, as he tried to pick up the briefcase, he seen how the weight was too overwhelming and he could not pick it up. He tried over and over to pick up the briefcase. He managed finally to pick up, pick up the case just a few inches until it became so heavy that he dropped the case through the wood of the pier and it made a hole right through the pier. Sadly, the man kept holding on to this case all the way down to the bottom of the waters. He did not let go of the case because his new life was inside of it. So what happened? He went all the way to the bottom just to drown with the briefcase. Here this morning, maybe some of you have, ooh, wow, this thing is heavy. I have a briefcase here. Oh, this thing is heavy. Wow, that's heavy right there. Whew. I could drink of water after that one right there. Maybe some of you, in 2012, you felt like you were drowning. Drowning in different things. And you're wondering why or how you were drowning. See, many people think, my life is going to change with just what's inside the briefcase. That's all. And so you're holding on to things that actually you should be letting go of things. See, if you want to get into 2013 and say, man, this is going to be my greatest year that I've ever had, then you need to let go of a few things. Tell your neighbor, let it go. See, maybe there's a few things that in 2012 or even 11 or, or 2010 that you might have felt like you were drowning in. That no matter what you did, no matter how much movement you made, you were drowning. See, but this year is going to be your year. And you need to know something. It's not over yet. Your life is not over yet. My father used to always say, as long as you're breathing, there's hope. There's hope. Some of you this year, you felt like, oh, man, that's, that's it, man. My marriage, it's over. There's hope. Some of you felt like you're in a financial crisis. I want you to know something. There's hope. Some of you felt like you can never amend the ties within your families or I'm too much of an addict or I'm too much out there. Nobody can help me. I want you to know something. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. Tell your neighbor there's hope. See, in this year, I want you to know that we're going to go into 2013 with some hope. But you got to let go of some of the things that might be drowning in. Man, this thing is heavy. All right. Wow. So this, this year and this message, I want to talk about a few things that maybe in 2012 you might have been drowning in. And tell your neighbor, we're going to talk about it. Now, there's a lot of different things here that maybe you might have been holding on to that this year you're going to have to let go. Because if you don't let go, you're going to drown. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to drown this year. Maybe some of you this year, there's a lot of things in here. There's probably a whole lot more, but I'm not going to talk about them all. But there's maybe some of you are drowning in jealousy. Might have been some 
jealous things that happened. Maybe some of you this past year, bitterness. Might have been bitter this past year. There's, oh, there's the one right here. Maybe some of you, you felt like in 2012, you were drowning in debt. And this thing can weigh you down. Debt can weigh you down. You know what debt does to a person? Oh, man, it stresses a person out. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 says, The borrower is servant to the lender. In other words, being in debt makes you a slave to, a, to whoever it is or whatever it is that you owe. You are a slave to that. And so being in debt, maybe this past year you felt like you were a slave, that no matter what, you're always a slave to that. See, a lot of times you, you won't hear uh, 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 different messages talking about debt because, you know, God wants to prosper you. Of course he wants to prosper you, but are you managing the money that he's given you correctly? God's going to bless me. Probably this past year he might have blessed you and you messed up those blessings. And you found yourself in debt and it's weighing you down. It's messing you up. See, drowning in debt many times for many of us, it often even increases stress, which contributes to mental, physical, and even emotional fatigue. Many people raise their lifestyle through debt only to discover that the burden of debt then controls their lifestyle. A lot of times you say, man, I want to I wanna have the latest this. I want to have the latest that. And you could see the, the, the business owners going, yes, exactly. I want you to have it all too. I want you to get it all too because I'm going to have your life. Because debt, a lot of times, it weighs you down. Oh, I got to, and you get stressed out, right? Okay, I'm the only one that's ever been stressed over debt. Okay, I'm preaching to myself then, okay. Preach to me. Okay, I will. Thank you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, let no debt remain outstanding. Another translation says, owe nothing to anyone. I like what this one says. Pay your debts as they come. See, the more debt we get into, the less freedom we have. The more debt we get into, the more chains we find ourselves in. The more debt, the more stress a lot of times. And listen, the, the Bible says that Christ wants you to live a free life. He has given you life and life abundant, not life stressed out. You come to church, the worship leader says, lift your hands. You're like, I can't lift my hands. My hands are full of debt. Let's worship God. I'll worship God if he gives me if it gets me out of this debt. And so a lot of times our mind is over just overwhelmed with debt and stress, and it's weighing you down. See, some of you are like, I can't believe pastor's talking about this right now. He's talking about money. He shouldn't be talking about money. Did you know Christ talked about finances and giving and money more than anything else when he spoke? Did you know that? It's because money stresses people out. Like, I could come up here and I could talk about, let's jump for joy. You're like, yeah, let's jump. Let's dance. All right, let's dance. Let's give people high fives. Yeah, let's give people high fives. Let's get out of debt. Oh, I don't know about getting out of debt. Oh. It's almost like when it comes to money, shh, 
We don't talk about money. Yet Christ, every time he talked to the teachers of the law, matter of fact, even when a rich guy came to him, you know what he told him? He said, okay, you want to talk about salvation? Okay, you love your neighbor? Oh, great, good. You got it all together. I want you to sell everything. What? Okay, that's just too far right there. See, because now you're tapping into my money. He says, hey, you want to know what it's about? Then let's talk about it. So you want to talk about having a free life? Then let's talk about it. Some of you this year, you're going to be debt free. Okay, so, okay, I'm going to say that one more time for those of you that Some of you this year, you're going to be debt free. Some of you this year, you're going to be debt free. See, no more is this thing going to weigh you down and you're going to feel like you're drowning. No more are you just going to be held down by this, but you're going to be debt free. Tell your neighbor, debt free. See, when it comes to debt many times as well, another thing is that debt does is that debt assumes that the future will pay off the debt. But Scripture is very cautious against presumptuous living. In James chapter 4, verse 13, read with me there. Turn your Bibles. James chapter 4, verse 13. says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. See, some of you, you're going to have to learn this phrase this year. If it is the Lord's will. Tell your neighbor, if it is the Lord's will. You're going to have to learn that phrase. That's going to help you a lot in budgeting. I'm, I'm not here to give a budget class, but you need to catch that phrase. You need to get that phrase in your life, in your vocabulary. This year, 2013, if it is the Lord's will. If it is the Lord's will. See, my friend, this in James was the right approach because we are totally dependent on Christ for life, just as dependent on him for success. He alone can keep us and he alone can make our plans prosperous. There is nothing on which the success of our plans depend on, depend over which we have absolute control. There is nothing. So, on which we can base the assurance of success, but his favor alone. Can I hear an amen? See, if you want to be successful this year and you want to go to the next level, then my friend, you got to depend on God. Can I hear an amen? Now, really quickly, I know people say, well, how, how do I do that? On your own spare time, read uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. It talks about the widow uh, who was threatened of losing her children to a creditor. But God provided supernaturally and she became debt free. But how did she do it? She went into prayer. That was one part. Some of you, you're going to actually have to get into prayer before you get into debt. Pray over these things. Prayer, listen to me. Prayer is not just something you do before your waiter brings you food. I'm going to say that one more time. Prayer is not just something you do over your children just before you go to bed. That's not prayer. Prayer is not when the man comes behind the microphone and says, agree with me in prayer. Okay, it's time to pray. 
No, prayer is when you say, okay, is this going to be the Lord's will? I need to pray about it. Decisions that are going to come and, and, and make you go down a pathway of life or death, you need to pray about it. Tell your neighbor, you got to pray about it. See, prayer combined with faith and works does the miraculous with, within one's life. Another thing when it comes to getting out of debt is also being able to be content with what God has provided within your life. Be content. It's okay. You don't have to keep up with the Kardashians. All too often, I hear young men and young women say, man, I want to dress just like her. I know it costs $500, but I want to look like her. And I hear that. It's funny, whether I'm there at the, at the bus stop or I hear people going to the bar, passing out flowers, and I overhear a lot of young people. I hear them talking about, oh, I want to have a hair just like her. I know it's kind of out of my budget. And I'll hear those exact words. I know it's kind of out of my budget, but I want to look like her. Okay, if you want to look like her, then you need to spend about 10 hours in the chair with 10 different people putting makeup, doing your hair, adjusting your dress. I mean, plus not only that, then you have to take time to have Photoshop. It's the truth. You think those people look that good by themselves? Uh-uh. The advancement of technology makes them look good. You can make anybody look good nowadays. Just put my head on Brad Pitt's body. Like, yeah, all right. Look good. Sure, on a picture, but it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. It's just there. No movement. See, you and I, if you actually want to get out of debt, then you got to move. You have to move and be content with what God has given you. Some of you, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to maybe cut down some of the things that you watch. Because every time you watch that, you go like, ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. Even the other day, I had to teach my son. Because uh, I, first I taught him the first lesson, which I, I think we got across, but then he kind of went overboard on it. It happens all the time with children. Because uh, a couple years ago, my son, he used to watch commercials. And he would go, ooh, dibs. I used to do that, too. And I go, oh, dibs, dibs, I want that, dibs, I want that. And I used to tell him, Stevie, you don't call dibs. If you want it, then you need to ask Jesus for it. And he go, what? Go, you need to pray for it. Oh, okay. So now my son, what he did, every time he sees something, he goes, oh, Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's what he does. So I taught him the first principle, like, it's Jesus. Oh, okay. But now I need to teach him, okay, just be content with the toys that you got. Just because everything you pray for, some of the answers that God's going to tell you is no. So even though you pray for, oh, Jesus, I want that brand new car. I want to get, get, get the house with all the special features. Amen. God's probably looking down. You could talk as fast as you want. I still understood you, and the, still, the answer is still the same. No. Because I want you to have an abundant life. I want you to have a satisfying life. Not a life where you're always being stressed out. Not a life where you're always being weighed down. Not a life where you're always drowning in debt. But a life abundantly. Can I hear an amen? See, some of us this year, 
We're going to be content with what Christ has given us and even developing healthy relationships. When it comes to getting out of debt, some of you that maybe you're in debt, one of the things that you could do is don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. This year, you're going to get out of debt. Can I hear an amen? Don't give up. One of Winston Churchill's famous speeches, he says, never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never give up. Some of you here this year, don't give up. You're going to get out of debt this year. You're going to live a free life. Maybe for the past five, six years, you've been living under a stressed out life. This year, you're going to be stress-free. Can I hear an amen? Go, you got to have hard work. You got to go after it. This year, you got to go. I, listen, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that's okay. Some of you, you're going to have to start loving to get, take a good hit. That's okay. You're going to get hit. It's all right. The devil, he's going to come and hit you. But instead of being like, oh, man, I hate it when the devil hits me, somebody say, no, you know what? This year, all right, fine. You want to hit me? That's fine. That's okay. G give, me, give, me, give me your best. That's all, that's all right. You've done your worst. Now I'm going to do my best. Come on, hit me. Give me. Hit me with your best shot. I'm ready. I could take it. 2012, I, I got a little bit stronger in 2012. I got a little bit more courageous in 2012. I'm ready this year. You want to hit me with that? And then the enemy is going to try to come and say, look, pay, get this too. Go after this. And you're going to say, nah, get that out of here. Some of you, you're going to have to not just give a little elbow. Some of you are going to have to start giving a little karate kick over here. Do a little Mondo Gonzalez, right? Oh, wow. Start kicking that thing. Say, "Not nah, get out of here, man. I could take a hit. I'm, I'm going to have an abundant life in 2013. Can I hear an amen? Another thing that many of us many times that we begin to drown in, or this past year, it was we've drowned. There's different things here. Maybe unforgiveness. Maybe anger. Some of you, 2013, you need to put this. I'm going to put this right here, and I'm going to try to split this up for many of you. You're going to put this in the old man barrel. Anger. Ow. Ooh. Vanity. Hello. Mm -hmm. Some of you, this is your favorite magazine. Guys. Ooh. Some of you this year. You're drowning in deceit, lies. This past year, the enemy was just lying to you, and you were believing him. Every time a lie came your way, I know, huh? Every time the enemy told you you can't make it, I know, you're right, huh? Every time the enemy said, what do you think you're doing over there? I, I know, I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't try to better my life. My life is just good. It's the same old, same old anyways. So some of you this year, maybe you've been drowning in deceit. Revelations chapter 12 verse 9 says, The ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. John chapter 8 actually calls him a father and a father of lies. See, the enemy, he's very subtle in his lies. He even disguises himself to make his words even seem like the truth. He did it to Jesus. He did it to Eve. 
He even did it to the church. In Revelation chapter 2, it says, when it comes to lying, there is a church or a synagogue of Satan. That's what it says in Revelation chapter 2. Read it on your own. A synagogue or a church of Satan. And many people, they attend that church on a daily because they believe the lies, the lies of the enemy. See, his purpose is to deceive and to make us ignorant of God's will for our life. That's his purpose. See, he attacks God's word because God's word reveals God's will. I'm going to say that one more time. He attacks God's word because God's word reveals God's will. See, our purpose here on this earth is to fulfill God's will. What we need to understand within us is that God's will is not a duty, but it's a delight. Can I hear an amen? See, in Psalms chapter 40, verse 8, it says, I delight to do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. See, if Satan can make us ignorant of God's will, then he's going to rob us of all the glorious blessings that God has planned for our lives. See, I've seen many Christians who become ignorant of God's will, who lost the enjoyment of God's peace and God's power. They begin to make bad decisions. They get involved with sinful activities, even build the wrong kind of life. I've even seen some of the most tragic consequences of those who get out of the will of God. I've seen many people that come here into the church, and it, it seems good, and they're in the church, but they're out of the will. Are you hearing me? Many people are in the church, but they're out of the will of God. And so that's why it's very difficult to get the peace of God and the joy of God and the love of God. Why? Because you're in the church, but you're not in his will. And so it's really easy to listen to the lies of the enemy. Why'd you get married to her in the first place? You could have done so much better. And the enemies just start going like, yeah, you know, I could have done so much better. What's wrong with her? Man, I, I can't believe she burps like that. She didn't do that when we were dating. It's horrible. Man, how come she looked all nice when we were dating? Now she looks all, like, straight crazy. What's up with that hair? I didn't see that hair when we were dating. <laughs> and what happens when you get out of the will... See, it's just a little lie, a little deceit. That's all it is. Just little ones. And then when you get out of the will, then that other girl looks so much better. And then she comes around and she looks good, just like what your wife did when she was dating. Like, oh, see, she wears makeup. She does her hair. She talks to me. Hmm. Little lies. Just those little lies. And they get you down the wrong path. And so, you know what's so funny is that people actually come into the church and they say, God, give me a rib. And then he gives them a rib and then all of a sudden that rib becomes overdone. I don't want this rib no more. Like, wait, wait, what is, wait a second. You were the one. See, that's why it's very important that you pray, that you're content with what God has given you. Because if not, you will believe the lies of the enemy. See, that's his purpose. His pur the Bible says he is the father of all lies. Do you know what that means? The in other words, he has all the authority. Because just like a father does to a son, hey, I said no. Well, see, the enemy can come in and say, oh, I said yes. I said no. Do it. It's okay. It's no big, no one's around. 
Nobody's watching. It's just a small drink. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. It's just small. See, if you do not know the word of God, see, all these questions that come in, especially in today's day and age, I'm getting a lot of questions now. Is it okay to drink? The Bible doesn't say it's not bad to drink. Is it, is it okay to smoke? Can I get a tattoo? What about tattoos? How do we do this? Is, is it okay? Well, what if I did like this with the piercings? Can I have the piercings? What about the piercings? Well, you know, is it okay about the And then all, is, all because why? Because you don't know the word of God. And you don't know the will of God for your life. So when you start getting all these little lies, it's not a big deal. It's okay. It's just small. It's not that big of a deal. But see, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, But the one who does the will of God lives forever. See, it's very important that you and I know the truth because the truth will set you See, when you know the truth, number one, the truth equips you. It equips you. See, when you go into battle equipped, you feel confident. You feel confident. Like when you know the truth. You ever been in a conversation and you started hearing people talk and you started hearing them, uh, you know, say something that maybe kind of sounded like it wasn't the truth and you feel like, wait, 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 let me tell you the truth. This happens a lot of times, let's just say with the news stories, right. I'll use this as an example. When, when a news story comes out, right, and you know the news, like you feel like you have the truth. And they say, uh, you know, 20 people uh, the, the other day, you know, something happened tragic. And you're in a conversation and somebody goes, oh, yeah, did you hear 15 people? Right away you go, 20 people. Why? Because you know the truth. Now, I feel confident. See, because when you know the truth... So when the enemy comes in and says, oh, look, look, this is not a big deal, you say, no, it is a big deal. Well, it's, it's, see, it's, come on, you're, you're from the ghetto. Just, just, it's okay to stay ghetto. No, I'm not a second-class citizen. Shut up. Uh, I'm a child of the Most High God. My dad's the king of kings. And the Lord. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. Moo. I know who I am. See, when you know the truth, you're confident. You walk around with your head held high, not low, not all stressed out. And I'm like, man, I'm just barely making it. Oh, 2012. God, God bless you. I'm just making it. But no, nah, I know the truth. And the truth, I'm free. I'm free in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That old stuff, that old thinking, it's gone. I'm not the same person. I'm new. I don't have to go out there and look for love and try to find all the happiness out there. I've got Christ. I'm confident. See, when you know the truth, it also brings you closer to Christ. Can I hear an Amen. See, nothing can tear you apart from someone when you know the truth about that person. Another thing that the truth does is that it helps you share your faith. When you know the truth, you're able to share it and share it with confidence. The other day we were having a conversation. And I was having a football conversation. And it's, you know, funny when we talk football. You know, I'm, I'm a Niner fan. 
All right, that was, that was a great opportunity. I was having a conversation with a, a Raider fan. I gave you guys a longer opportunity to say something right there. Okay, I'm a Niner fan. I was talking with a Raider fan. And so we were having a conversation, and we were talking. And as we were talking, he would say one thing, and I would say something else. And he would say one thing, and then I'd say something else. And he would say another thing, and I'd say something else. And every time he, he looked like he was one-upping, one, well, the Raiders this. I said, well, it's true. But did you know the Niners? Well, the Raiders, and I go, that's true. But did you know the Niners? And finally, at the end of the conversation, he's like, man, why don't you just let me have my win? I said, I would. But I just feel like more of a winner. So no matter what you say, I just, that's just the way that it is. It's the truth. And so at the end of the conversation, he goes, finally, he goes, you know what? I'm not talking to you no more. He goes, I said, I'm just not talking to you no more. But, but I wanted to leave the conversation right. I go, why are you not going to talk to me anymore? He said, because every, why are you not going to talk? He said, well, because every time you talk about the night, you, you, you guys, you feel like you want. I go, well, is it the truth? He goes, yeah, it is. Okay, that's it. That's the conversation. We're done. Now let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something completely different. See, because when you know the truth, there's nothing you can say that can get me down. See, some of you here this, this morning, you, whether it's uh, football or whatever, some of you need to know that in Christ, there's nothing the enemy can tell you that can get you down. That's, a, that's how your mentality should be. There's nothing that you can say. Why? Because I know the truth. There's nothing you could tell me. Oh, well, you know what? She was talking about you. Oh, that's fine. I'm glad she was talking about me. That's good. Oh, well, they were hating on you. Oh, that's good. I got haters. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, well, that person there, they're sitting in the same row with you, and they don't even like you. Oh, that's good. That's okay. I like them. Praise the Lord. Why? Because I'm confident in what Christ has given me. See, there's so many things that have been weighing you down maybe in 2012. Maybe you were drowning in debt. This year you're not going to drown in debt. Maybe you were drowning in deceit and hearing and listening to all the lies. This year you're going to know the truth. And maybe some of you this year, you, maybe you might have been drowning and you felt like, man, I can't make it. I'm not going to, I don't feel like a victor. I feel like a victim. And maybe you felt like you've been drowning in defeat. And you've had defeat. But see, I want you to know something this year. In John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Somebody say, take heart. Come on, somebody say, take heart. It says, because I have overcome the world. See, in 2012, you, in 2012, it may have felt like you were defeated, but I want you to know something. You were not defeated. 2012 was just a year of experience for you. That's all it was. It wasn't a year of defeat. It was a year of experience. That I'm just a little bit wiser now. Come on, somebody. I'm a little bit stronger now. Come on, somebody. I, I, I know a little bit more now. See, when the enemy tried to defeat me, I'm actually coming out getting ready to be a victim. I'm going to get on the top pedestal this, one, this year. I'm going to get on the podium. I'm going to get on number one. I have no more bronze medals for me this year. I'm going to be a gold medal. I'm going to be a gold medalist this year. 
I'm going for, I'm going for the silver. That's okay. I'm going to be number one this year. I'm going to get the gold. Tell your neighbor, I'm getting the gold this year. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to be defeated. See, here this year, where you know that God is going to be in full control. Can I hear an amen? See, 2012 taught us something. It taught us to be firmer in our faith, more courageous in our spirit. See, this year and right now, I believe that Christ is growing Christians stronger than ever for this end time harvest. Can I hear an amen? See, this year, you're going to be able to jump higher than you've ever jumped before. Some of you, you're going to do things that you've never done before. You're going to go places that you've never gone before. You're going to see things that you've never seen before. Can I hear an amen? So you need to know something. You don't go to defeated outreach. You don't go to loserville outreach. You go to? You go to? Victory outreach. I love it because the moment you walk into the doors, you're like, I'm a victor. Some of you just need to start practicing your princess wave. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. That's right. You know how the, the, was the Macy's Day Parade, they're on the float, right? Some of you this year, you're going to float. Float on. Yeah, that's right. It's 2000, 2013. That's okay. You could try to hit me, but that's okay. I'm good. I'm the victor this year. My marriage is going to be strong this year. My parenting is going to be strong this year. My finances are going to be in line this year. No more debt this year. No more lies this year. No more anger this year. No more deceit this year. This year I am going to be stronger than I ever was before. 2013 is going to be my year. Some of you this year, you got to start getting that, uh, that stronger step this year. No more just say, okay, well, let's just see if I can do it. See, some of you, you need to just start taking a step of faith. See, some of you, you try to rationalize everything. You try to rationalize everything. Okay, well, if this happens, if it happens, okay, and then, then by this time, then, I'll, okay, then I'm going to get married. But if I can't do this, then I'm not going to get married. Okay, well, then, okay, then remember, you try to rationalize everything. Some of you this year, that's why it's called a step of faith. You got to step out say, okay, God, I'm not worried about a husband. I'm not worried about a wife. God, the only thing I'm worried about is Christ, that my salvation is being worked out with fear and trembling. God, I'm going to work out and I'm going to step with you. I'm going to take a step with you. And Christ, and Lord, if I step and he steps with me, then praise the Lord. Then we're stepping together. But if he ain't stepping with me, then he should get to stepping because I'm going to take a step of faith this year. I'm going this year. Some of you this year, you got to get to stepping. You got to get step, step, take a step of faith. You got to say, well, I, but I don't have it all together. That's what, none of us have it together. Nobody has it all. If you're waiting to get it all together, before you gather together and you start going with everybody, then my friend, you're just going to be staying right there with your football all by yourself the whole time. I'm waiting for the perfect plan. I'm, the, I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm just waiting. This, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. You, you sit there and wait long enough, you're going to get hit. And you're going to get hit hard. And then eventually, like the Bible says, the thief comes to steal, kill, he's going to steal it. They can say, I'll just forget it then. I don't even want to play no more. Somebody stole my abundant living. See, but this year, you say, no, ain't nobody taking my abundant living. This is my life. Christ gave it to me. As for me and my house, all of you, we're going to serve the Lord. Every single one of you. And anybody that walks into it, you know what I love? You know what I really, really loved? 
I mean, I, I, I don't do this. I probably should. I don't know. But I, I love it when we have those, those holy of holy people. When you go into the house, every time you, get a, you come into the house, they, like, pray for you. Oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. They walk, I don't know. There's a couple people here in our church. They, I love that. When I walk into their house, they're like, oh, man, I feel blessed. Father, in the name of Jesus. Man. Praise the Lord. And then, you know, we just go about our business. I love that. Because people are like, oh, no, I'm, my house. Everybody that comes into my house will be blessed. Will be blessed. So don't stop that. Keep doing that. Because everything that you do. So don't get mad when some people say, man, you pray for everything. Yeah, I pray for everything. I pray for my food and your food. Don't get around me, true prayer for life. I'll be praying. I will pray. Don't stop. This year, I'm telling you, some of you, you're going to have an abundant life this year. You're going to be stress-free. Your children that have just been upon your mind over and over, and you've been worrying about it, you've been worrying about it, you've been worrying. God says this year you're going to be free. 2013, you're going to be free. You're not going to have to worry. I'm telling you, some of you have been worried about finances, money. You go to sleep at night, and the only thing you think about is money. How am I going to do it? How am I going to make the payment? How am I going to make the money? How am I going to make the money? money? It's just stressing you out. And you know that probably, you, you know, you tell people, oh, I have this headache. But really, that headache, if you get down to the root, you can put a dollar sign on that headache, and it's money. Because all you have money. How am I going to get the money? How am I going to get the money? And it stresses you out. This year, you're going to be debt free. You're going, to be debt. you're going to be on the plan, look at this, you're going to be on the plan not just to be debt-free, but prosperous. Prosperous living. I didn't talk about it, but prosperous living. You know what prosperous living is? It's not just for me, but it's for me and you. For me and you. In other words, I'm blessed, but I'm so blessed to be a blessing, I want to bless you. That's what that is. Say, man, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Here you go. You're going to be prosperous living. That's why even this year is very hard whenever we say, come on, some of you give. You're like, I can't give. I'm barely making it. This year, no more barely making it. You're not going to barely make it. You're going to have not just enough for you, but you're going to have enough for those around you. Debt free. No more being a slave to the money. No more, more, no more being a slave to the debt. You're going to be free this year. Can I hear an amen? Come on, can I hear an amen? Come on, can I hear an Amen. Come on, how many are going to be a victor in 2013? Come on, how many are claiming the victory in 2013? Come on, no more drowning in 2013. I'm not going to drown in 2013. Come on, how many believe that this year, that 2013 is going to be your year? Can I hear an amen? Come on, can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? 2013 is your year. Next level living, the abundant Life. Some of you are going to tap into the abundant life like you never have before. I believe that. I truly wholeheartedly believe that for 2013. Stand with me here this morning. I believe that this year, many of you, you're going to let go of this debt. It's not going to weigh you down any longer. I believe that many of you this year are lies. You're not going to listen to any longer. It's not going to happen. Oh, they don't, they don't love me at that church. Oh, they love you. They love you enough to tell you, hey, let's get right. This year, the defeat 
You're not going to walk into church defeated. But you're going to have a strong year this year. You're not going to walk around always defeated. Hey, brother, how you doing? I'm here. I'm barely making it. Say, no. I'm, gra- I'm alive and well, and the Spirit of God is living within me. This year, 2013, is going to be my year. You're claiming it. I'm claiming it. This year is my year. This year is my year. This year is my year. Say that with me. Say, this year is my year. Come on, say, this year is my year. Tell your neighbor, 2013 is my year. If 2013 is your year, you're going to have to let go of this. Let go of 2012. Let it go. Let go of the deceit. Let go of the defeat. Let go of the death. Bow your heads with me here this year. It's the last Sunday of this year. Bow your heads with me. We're going to let it go. We're going to let it go. We're not going to be the same man, same woman that we were. 2013, God's going to do something within our marriages, within our businesses, within our jobs, within our cars, within our families, within our parents, within our moms, within our dads. God's going to do something. God's going to do something. This year, the men's home's not just going to be the regular men's home. No more. 2012 was 2012. 2013, God's going to do something in our men's homes. God's going to do something in our men's homes. God's going to raise up some men like you've never seen before. God's going to do something in our men. No more just ex-drug addicts. We're, we're not having that. We're going to be having preachers and pastors and teachers and, and leaders going to come out of the home. And some of you guys are going to start catching this. You got to start catching it. You got to start catching the vision. Grab a hold of this vision. Grab a hold of it. Some of you here this year, God has called you to become a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, a leader. Some of you are going to go help other people. Some of you are going to support ministries. You've got, you're going to be supporting ministries. You're actually going to have a, an accounts within your business. You're going to support ministries. That's what you're going to do. That is what God has called you to do. You're supporting ministries. Support missionaries all over the world. You're going to support families. Some of you guys are going to adopt children this year. You're going to bring in kids. And you're going to bring life to children that have never found it before. Some of you are going to venture off into a whole new level. Some of you guys are just thinking about owning a house. Some of you, you're going to buy houses for people that would never have thought about buying houses before. And people are going to live in them. And they're going to be joyful. They're going to be peaceful. They're going to be strong. They're going to be happy. Why? Because of what God has given you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, some of you are saying, you know what, I'm ready for 2013, but i got to let go of these things in 2012. No longer am I going to be in debt, debt-free this year. I'm believing it. I'm claiming it. No more debt. I'm not going to owe any person anything. I'm going to be debt-free because I want to give to those who are in need. If that is you and you say, you know what, this year is my year, I'm not going to be drowning in debt. I'm not going to be drowning in deceit. I'm not going to be drowning in defeat. Not this year. I'm not going to be a defeated man. I'm not going to be a defeated woman. My marriage will not be defeated. If that is you, as we begin to sing this song, I want you to slip out of your seat right now. I want you to come to this altar and say, this year is going to be my year.